to help us along in our lesson. Second Kings chapter six. Now I noticed the chorus that we just sang, or one of the lines, is going to serve as the uh, focus, one of the focus points this morning. You've opened my eyes. We'll see that in our reading. Uh, we have readers. I think they're all ready. Is that right, Brother Chris? Ready to go? Okay, well, just before we read, we'll open to Second Kings 6. Let's just open uh, our meeting in a word of prayer and ask the Lord to open our eyes to His Word. Our Father, we're thankful this morning for the wonderful Word of God. And we pray this morning that You will open our eyes to behold wonderful things. In Jesus' name, Amen. Okay, our reading this morning is going to be from 2 Kings chapter 6, starting in verse 8. Now the king of Syria was making war against Israel, and he consulted with his servants, saying, My camp will be in such and such a place. And the man of God sent to the king of Israel, saying, Beware that you do not pass this place, for the Syrians are coming down there. Then the king of Israel sent someone to the place of which the man of God had told him. Thus he warned him, and he was watchful there, not just once or twice. Therefore the heart of the king of Syria was greatly troubled by this thing. And he called his servants and said to them, Will you not show me which of us is for the king of Israel? And one of his servants said, None, my lord, O king. But Elisha the prophet, who is in Israel, tells the king of Israel the words you speak in your bedroom. So he said, Go and see where he is, that I may send and get him. And it was told him, saying, Surely he is in Dothan. Therefore he sent horses and chariots and a great army there, and they came by night and surrounded the city. And when the servant of the man of God arose early and went out, there was an army surrounding the city with horses and chariots. And his servant said to him, Alas, my master, what shall we do? So he answered, Do not fear, for those who are with us are more than those who are with them. And Elisha prayed and said, Lord, I pray, open his eyes that he may see. Then the Lord opened the eyes of the young man, and he saw, and behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. And when the Syrians came down... Against him, Elisha prayed to the Lord and said, Please strike this people with blindness. So he struck them with blindness in accordance with the prayer of Elisha. And Elisha said to them, This is not the way, and this is not the city. Follow me, and I will bring you to the man whom you seek. And he led them to Samaria. And as soon as they entered Samaria, Elisha said, O Lord, open the eyes of these men that they may see. And so the Lord opened their eyes and saw and behold, they were in the midst of Samaria. As soon as the king of Israel saw them, he said to Elisha, My father, shall I strike them down? Shall I strike them down? He answered, You shall not strike them down. Would you strike down uh, those whom you have taken captive with your sword and with bow, with your bow? Set bread and water before them that they may eat and drink and go to their master. So he prepared for them a great feast, and they, when they've eaten, 
when they had eaten and drunk, he sent them away, and he and they went to their master. And the Syrians did not come again on raids into the land of Israel. Thank you. Just want to make a, a statement or two before we start our, our passage here. Um, Tonight, it starts our Vacation Bible School, and for those of us that aren't directly involved, as in leaders and the like, uh, that have direct responsibilities, if you'd like to come along and be a, uh, a, a, a direct part in this sense to go, to go to the throne for VBS. In other words, there are those like me that aren't directly involved in leading, staffing, whatever the Vacation Bible School program, but we can meet. Before it starts, about approximately 6.15 or so, we'll probably utilize the guest house, maybe uh, find a place in here. But come along and just we'll just lift up our voice to the Lord on behalf of the Vacation Bible School. And we trust to have uh, many children along to hear and be exposed to the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now... uh, Oftentimes it's heard that the Bible is uh, the most up-to-date book there is on earth. It's an ancient book, but it's very up-to-date. And indeed, that's the testimony of Scripture. The Bible says, forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. And I believe in this passage that we have read here, we can see it very clearly. I don't know if you caught it, but consider... Uh, what's happening here in these few short verses. Oftentimes we have a lengthy portion. Today we have a rather short portion. But let's just look again at what we have just read and see if you caught it, that it's almost like reading the newspaper or watching CNN or whatever you like, that whatever your uh, news station might be. uh, Did you catch the fact that who is at war here? Israel and Syria. Now, to the best of my knowledge, Syria is one of the number one enemies of Israel today. So think about this. What we're looking at is something that we can relate to, and we're going to see it as we go through the passage, how much we can relate to this very passage. Israel and Syria at war. Then we have another uh, point in this passage that the Syrian army is surrounding a Jewish city. How often have we seen that in the news? Right? A Syrian army surrounding a Jewish city. And then there were Syrian forces sent to capture a Jew. What do we have today in terrorism, right? The Syrian forces dressed in their garb and, and all that business coming to take a hold, right? That's what their, their, their book commands. If you see a Jew hiding, you want to take him. Well, that's what we have here in our passage today. How much more up to date can you get? And then lastly, there's probably many other points, but Israel wins despite the overwhelming odds. Now, did you catch it that in in the middle of the passage here, there is a great host, a massive army, a heavy force that came to take one man, right? One Jewish man, but they ended up the victor, right? The Syrian army ended up losing, right? They had to be led back and so forth. We're going to go through this uh, passage And then we're going to focus in on a phrase that's about in the center of our reading that I think will be very helpful to all of us. So the scene is here that the the war that is going on, right? You have the king of Syria 
warring against Israel. And he took counsel with his servants and saying, in such and such a place shall be my camp. Now, and the man of God sent unto the king of Israel saying, don't go here. Now, what you have here, right, is, is, is somewhat of a divine uh, military intelligence officer. You have Elisha was in touch with the God of heaven and there is nothing that escapes his view. There is nothing that escapes his his eyes. The Lord knows the thoughts of man that they are futile. Right. So Elisha sends the, the, to, uh, a warning to the king of, of, of Israel saying, don't go here because that's where the, the Syrian forces are. Right. Now, I find this and I'm sure you do find this very comforting because. We have today, and, and I don't know, I hear it from time to time, and perhaps you do too, there's a lot of underground activity that goes on that is, so, is evidently not supposed to be learned. Even, they say, in our town here in Pembroke Pines, there's, there's uh, ISIS forces that are training and getting ready to, to overcome the United States and all these kind of scary things. Do you know that the thoughts of, of, of man are, are futile before the Lord? He knows everything. We, you know, that to me is, is, is very comforting. Everything from trafficking to terrorism, everything from the black market to bootlegging, the Lord knows all about it. He doesn't need, you know, uh, 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 anything but himself, right? He can see all that's going on. And, and as we see this story unfold, we're going to see that Elisha was in touch with this God and he could know all about it. Now, I don't know. I read the news just like you do. And I, 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 I know as much as I, it's reported. But I do know this, that there is a sovereign God that oversees all and the thoughts of men, the plans of men are futile in the eyes of the Lord. That is very, very comforting to me, as I believe it is to you, that the Lord knows the thoughts of men that they are futile. Now, why Elisha sends to the king of Israel, I don't know exactly, except God is a merciful God. You remember that uh, in the passage we looked at a few weeks ago, that Elijah or Elisha wouldn't even speak to the king except because Jehoshaphat was there. There was a good king. But here we have the king of Israel. He was a bad king, right? Not in touch with the living God. He was against the living God, right? But Elisha was able to give him this favorable news so they would not be defeated. Now, the king was so troubled. The king of Syria was so troubled with this that, that he began to think, oh, we have an inside informant. Let's, 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 get, let's find out who it is. Go. No, no, it's not an inside informant. What do we read there? The heart of the king was troubled. And he said, show me which one of you is against me. He goes around his own forces, right? No, but watch this. Verse 12, one of his servants said, none, my Lord, but Elisha. Now, I asked myself, and perhaps you do too, how did that servant know? How did this Syrian servant of the king know that it was Elisha that was telling on him? I don't know. The scripture doesn't say, but perhaps it was the testimony of this man of God. Perhaps you've been in a similar kind of a situation in your workplace, in your neighborhood. People know when you're in touch with the living God. They know there's something special about your language, about your action. And they say, oh, here's a man of God. Well, it could have been the testimony of this, uh, of the man of God that this servant saw. And he said, listen, I'll tell you who it is. It's Elisha, the prophet. That is in Israel, he tells the king the words that you speak in your bedroom, 
Two times, at least in Scripture, you read this phrase about the ears of the Lord. Nothing escapes the ears of the Lord. Again, the secret practices, uh, what do they call that? The, uh, uh, there's another phrase, I can't think of it, but the underworld kind of thing. You go into a, uh, 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 an area and there's a, a, a culture that, that, that is not seen, that, that, that uh, is not seen on the surface and it goes on. And uh, of course you've got it in, in the crime scene, right? You've got the, the underworld that thinks they're getting away with things. But guess who's watching? The ears of the Lord are listening. The eyes of the Lord are seeing. So it blesses us to know that we have a God. Maybe we don't know everything, but we have a God who does. And so... What does the king respond to do? He says, you go and spy where he is. And somebody told him he's in this city called Dothan. Therefore, he sent, verse 14, he sent horses and chariots and a massive army for one man. And he compassed the city about. And here we have this most revealing, this most awesome scene that takes place. This is going to be the center of our thoughts this morning. That when the servant of the man of God was risen early... And gone forth, behold, an host compassed the city with horses and chariots, and his servants said unto him, Alas, my master, how shall we do? And watch what he says. He answered, Fear not, for they that are with us are more than they that are with them. And Elisha prayed, said, Open his eyes. And the eyes of the young man were open, and he saw, and the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire round about Elisha. Now, let's bring this up to modern perspective. Our meeting's going to end in a few minutes. We have in the world in which we live the constant threat of terrorism, whether it's ISIS or any other group. Now, let's just say I'm not wishing this, but it's happening in our society because religious organizations are taken advantage of. We walk out and there they are with their hoods and their rifles surrounding the, 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 the assembly here. What's going to be our reaction? What's going to be our self-defense? Think about it. Does it strike terror in your hearts that that's, a, that's happening today? Well, let's see how the man of God responded. Did he pull out his little weapon? <laughs> Did he call 911? Thank the Lord for these things. They're helpful. We're not knocking them. But I tell you that when it comes to the powers of darkness, that's one of the things we want to get across here. There is an unseen world. There is the rulers of the darkness of this world that are at work unseen to us. But bless God, we don't have to be afraid. I will not be afraid of the, un, of, of the, uh, the, the myriads of people who have set themselves all around, says the psalmist. So there, there is this, this, this fact that the Bible makes it clear that we have an enemy. That's another thing. That the people of God were in enemy territory. If you're here this morning and you're a believer, you're in enemy territory. We have, do you know who rules this world? He's called Satan, the God of this world. That is who is ruling over this world. We wonder why all of these bad, horrible things happen. You, you, you hear about 
this the human trafficking and, and, and terrorism that takes place. Well, the, we, we have a, an enemy called the God of this world that is, is, is the ruler of the power of darkness, the principalities and powers. And it's unseen to our eyes, but blessed be God, the host of the Lord is bigger. Did you notice the little phrase in there? Us and them. Us and them. Have you seen that? Have you seen that? That as you, as you and I go forth in the enemy territory in which we live, there's us and them. Oftentimes we see that, that because of our testimony, because of something we've said, because of our uh, honest actions, whatever, that somebody will, will, will speak against us. Somebody will rise up against us. We'll have a cantankerous boss that's going to put his foot down and not give us what we want and be against us. Well, we, we, we recognize that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against the principalities and powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world. So there's, there's, there's something here for all of us as we go about our day-to-day lives. It's not just for Elisha and his servant and the Syrian forces and the unseen host. Bless God. The, the Bible says this. The angel of the Lord encamps around about those that fear him. Now, that doesn't mean when I go out that I just live careless and carefree. Yes, of course, we make our plans. We, we do what we can. I don't throw myself on Pines Boulevard and expect the car not to hit me. No, of course, we're not foolish. But we thank the Lord that as we go about our lifestyle, we can be careful for nothing, says the Scripture. Be anxious for nothing. Not careless, not carefree, but in everything by prayer. That's right, in everything by prayer. And supplication, making our request made known unto him. So here, here's the promise. Elisha says, open his eyes. And he opened his eyes and the, the, the mountain was full, full of horses and chariots of fire round about. That servant was able to see what he did not see before. And I hope this morning at the end of this little uh, meditation, that will be your portion in mind that we'll be able to see that which we've never seen before. Because oftentimes we are so affected by sight. The things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen eternal. And we get so, and, and yours truly especially, we get so affected by the things that we see that we don't understand that there is a God, a sovereign God that has his program going on. And blessed be his name. The counsels of the Lord will stand. And we can, we can have confidence. We can have assurance in that. And we want to see what we haven't seen before. Not just the, the, the visible, material world in which you and I live, but we want to see beyond that, the us and the them. And I think, I hope, we'll be able to see. We have need of spiritual illumination. That's what this, the servant needed, right? He had need of spiritual illumination. We get so bogged down, so depressed, and so discouraged, nobody knows the trouble I've seen. But blessed be his name. There's a program going on that he is working in our lives. What in, in wow, getting attacked. Getting a, a, there, there's action going on uh, behind the scenes. We want to see things from God's perspective. That's what we want to see. Just like the, the uh, uh, servant of Elisha, we want to say, see it now. Here's my assistance. Thank you very much. We don't want to get attacked again by. I don't want you to fall. You step over here. Thank you. Thank you. 
Now, Elisha said, open his eyes, but close their eyes. Smite this people with blindness. And he smote them with blindness according to the word of Elisha. Now, here they were, this, this massive army surrounding a, a, a real material army. Think about this. A real material army. Again, just liken it. If we happen, God forbid that it should ever come here to Pembroke Pines or Davie or Hollywood or Miami, wherever we live. But we actually had to face what we see on TV. It's scary. It is. But the lesson here is we have a God, the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth, beholding the good and the evil. Now, will he always deliver? There are times, by the way, that he will allow the enemy to win. Oh, did you notice last week, Naaman the Syrian won victories over Israel because who gave it to him? Chapter 5, verse 1. The Lord gave Naaman the victory. That's comforting. The Lord gave... Now, you say, well, wait a minute. The Lord's going to be on the side of ISIS? <laughs> That's not fair. I tell you, the more we read the scripture, we see Nebuchadnezzar, my rod. The Lord is, is pleased to use the ungodly. Oh, Assyrian, the rod of my anger. He's, he's pleased at times to use the ungodly individual to bring about his purposes. Can I always, can you always understand that? Not necessarily. But here we see that he sends this multitudinous host. And our Bible says that a horse is a vain thing or a vain hope for safety. Neither shall it deliver by its great strength. And I want to add to that. Not only is a horse a vain thing for hope or safety or salvation, but so is all the advanced military weapons of our day and age. Because we can get a little bit concerned and a little bit frightened with, with what goes on. I remember being in school myself and seeing the, the awful uh, aftermath of uh, Hiroshima and Nagasaki as the United States forces dropped this uh, 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 atom bomb on these two cities and the effects that took place. But nowadays, what... 60, 80 years later, the advancement of weapons. I looked up, and I'm a dunce when it comes to this. I looked up some of the advanced weaponry that we have in this world nowadays. I want to tell you, that's a vain thing for safety, a vain hope to hold on to. Nothing amounts or can defeat the living God. Okay, so now he, he, he prays. Uh, close their eyes, but when he gets them to the place where he wants to, in verse 20, open the eyes of these men. And he saw, uh, the king of Israel says, shall I smite them? Shall I smite them? No. Here's the God of mercy reacting to this Syrian force. Imagine. Just think about this. Put it up into our current times. If, if this happened in our day, and then these poor guys with their rat-a-tat-tat guns, they're going around blind. They can't see anything, you know. And it comes time. Open their eyes. The Lord shows mercy on them. He doesn't smite does that happen? Well, it did in our lesson last week. Naaman was a Syrian, and the Lord saved him, didn't he? The Lord saved him. Can you imagine some of these heads of these organizations? 
Are they beyond the salvation of the God? Of God? Well, only the Lord. Did I lose my? God in His mercy saved Nahum and the Syrian, and He points that out later in Luke chapter four. Sometimes we look at these men. I know, growing up, uh, seeing the horrors of World War II in, 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 in uh, history class and so forth, and some six million Jews gassed by this horror of an individual. Again, the Lord has His counsels. I cannot question. He knows what He is doing. He's been doing it for thousands of years. But we bless our God that all things are under His sovereign control. Now, but He's also able to show mercy. Let's just take, we have a few minutes. I'd like to hit that, uh, it's just the one slide there. Or the one change of pace. Right in the middle of our uh, uh, verses, of our text here, we're going to focus here on this uh, little phrase, open his eyes. Everywhere we look in the scripture, was there other? Uh, Yeah, you just hit it. No? Okay. My bad. Put it, just put it back. Uh, <clears throat> Everywhere we look, from Genesis to Revelation, we have this thought. You can bring it back here because we want to keep that uh, phrase on us. That's the phrase in the scripture here. We have this phrase, open his eyes. And we have the thought of focus or perspective or sight. What is my perspective? What is my, in the line of my sight as I go about my day-to-day life? You remember from the very beginning of, 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 our, of human history, when our first parents, ah, there we go, when our first parents were, were, were put in that garden, that God had commanded them, do not eat of this tree. But what did Eve go and do? She looked at that food and the Bible says she saw it with her eyes and it was good for food, right? It was good. It's not always the evil things that turn us away, but she saw something that was good for food, all right? And, and then, if that's in Genesis, we can see things that are good, that, but, but are not uh, according to the living God. And then at the end of the Bible, we see that uh, there's coming a day when every eye shall see the Lord. You know, everybody is going to meet the Lord. We often use this phrase when we meet people. Everybody, every individual is going to stand before the Lord Jesus. They're either going to meet him as Savior, which I trust Everyone here knows the Lord Jesus as Savior, or they're going to meet him as judge. Now, the Bible says in the last uh, book of the Bible, every eye shall see him and they also which pierced him uh, and the kindreds of the earth shall wail because of him. Abraham, when he went out, he looked for a city which hath foundation. He wasn't uh, he was whose builder and maker is God. He wasn't necessarily looking for that earthly city or that earthly capital, but he was looking for a city. I I trust as we just work through in five minutes here that our perspective will change from the, you know, what we really need uh, when we go to the eye doctor, right? There's a change of prescription, right? I just talking to, uh, where'd he go? Ben. Ah, yes, right? When we go to see Ben, Dr. Ben, right? We have to, sometimes we have a change of prescription because our eyes have changed, right? And we need that step up, right? And our focus. Well, that's what we want in five minutes here to try to show you, to try to declare from the scripture. When I, uh, Elisha said to a servant, open his eyes that he may see. He wanted him to see something that he had never seen before. All he could see was the material army. But now he wanted him to see. And the Lord opened his eyes. He needed 
a change of sight, a change of prescription. When we're saved, here's what Paul or Saul of Tarsus said. He's giving his testimony. And the Lord said to him, I'm sending you so that uh, to open their eyes, he could say, to turn them from darkness to light, from the power of Satan unto God. What? People need around us, and perhaps there's some here today that need a spiritual awakening to see things as they really are. You know, I often think, how, what a strange phrase we, we have in the world, real estate. It's not real. One day it's all going to be passed away, real estate. Well, that's the kind of world we live in. They, they, it's a facade. It's a facade, the things that are seen. But anyway, what we see that the Satan uses is that there's a spiritual awakening that we need, an encounter with the living God. People in general are wise in their own, conceit, in their, in their own conceits. And what we do is we go forth like Saul. We ask the Lord to remove the blindness from their eyes, to turn them from darkness to light, from the power of Satan under God, to open their eyes and to see the true and the living God. I, when we come to the Word of God, we say, open our eyes, Lord, that we may see wonderful things. I trust as you and I come to this book, we recognize it and we confess before the Lord, Lord, I have only been looking at the material. I've been only looking at the physical. I want like this servant of Elisha. I want to see things differently. I want to see things in the divine perspective. I want to see things in reality as they really are because that is what God declared. Open my eyes that I may behold wondrous things out of thy law. And if we're going to see things differently, it's got to come by our reaction to the Word of God. Without faith, it's impossible to please Him. I can't see that army like Elisha's servant did without the eye of faith, right? I can't understand when I, when I go out in life and I'm all, all of a sudden I face some uh, 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 horrific situation that the Lord has his eye on me and the angel of the Lord encamps round about those that fear him. But I can bless God and look up and say, like, Peter, Lord, save me. You see, because he is watching the angel of the Lord. Camps round about those that fear him. I just wanted to give a warning. Our time is almost gone. There was once a man. His name was Balaam. Balaam is one of the most enigmatic people in the Bible. But you know, there's a warning from Balaam that I want to leave with you because it spoke to me. Balaam was called upon to curse the people of God. And God spoke to him and put his words in his mouth. Now, this is scary because Balaam, the Bible says his eyes were open in our text here. Open his eyes. Balaam had his eyes open, but we know the rest of the story that he closed his eyes to the living God. Now, I hope there's none here like that today. This is a solemn warning that it is possible to have our eyes open like that servant. And just like we heard this morning, Gehazi, nothing doing. I don't need that miracle. I want gold. Give me it. That's what life is about. Now, I hope there's none here like that that are following after the things which are seen, which are temporal. But Balaam had his eyes open, but he turned from the living God. 
He spoke the word of God. God, he, He met with the Lord. This is scary. Why? I'm telling you, there are preachers in platforms today like Balaam that speak the word of God, that profess a relationship with the living God, but they have closed their eyes to the living God. That is scary. Oh, yes, they have their stadiums full of followers. Oh, yeah, go, go, go. But they have never had that spiritual enlightenment that turned them from darkness to light. They refused. Like Balaam. Oh, let me just, let me just say this as we close. It's 12 o'clock. If we're not even in that passage, but let me just show you what Balaam had. Balaam used spiritual language. Preachers do that today. They used he used spiritual language. I cannot go beyond. What the Lord my God tells me. Twenty two thirty eight. Now the word that God puts in my mouth, that I shall speak. Balaam had his eyes open like that servant of God. He spoke spiritual language. It is possible to speak spiritual language. It is possible to have spiritual longings. He says, uh, he, 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 uh, he, he says, let me die the death of the righteous and let my last end be like his, like Jacob. He had spiritual longings. He had spiritual light. Do you have the light that the Lord has given you from his word this morning, but you're not reacting to it? That's what Balaam did. His eyes were opened. He had all of this spiritual language, spiritual longing, spiritual light, but he was spiritually lost. That's scary. So the lesson we're going to glean from here this morning is this. That we need spiritual enlightenment. Elisha prayed for his servant. He prayed to God, open his eyes, allow him to see what he did not see before. Perhaps you're here this morning and all you can see is the earthly relationships, the earthly problems, the earthly trials. And you can't see beyond that. And oh, poor pitiful me, I don't know what's happening. And I need to, and we can come up with all of our best laid plans. But blessed be God, there is, if there, we, we have a need. Our need is the Savior. If we know the Savior, we can have this spiritual light, enlightenment and open our eyes to see that God is at work. He's not finished with me yet. And we can be like that faithful Abraham going out into a place, following the word of the Lord, having our eyes open, seeing things as they really are, walking by faith and not by sight. You know, <clears throat> I find that we're affected. You are what you eat, the world says. We're affected by what we do most. If all I do is sit in front of the news, sit in front of the entertainment, sit in front of the websites, and that's all I feed on, I'm so affected by it that that, 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 that affects my perspective, my outlook on life. But 
Open my eyes that I may behold wonderful things in your word. That's the prayer of the psalmist, and that should be your prayer and mine. To have our view changed, to have our prescription upgraded, right? To be able to see things in a spiritual sense and not and, 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 and understand that the Lord is at work and that his power is greater. He has a host that is far greater that, that is, is, is at work. The sovereign Lord will carry out his problem. I tell you, the peace of God will garrison our hearts when we get to that point that we won't go around, as it were, so shaken by what we see but recognize there's a father up above. He's looking down in love. And he has a plan. And he's going to carry it out. And we can be one with our God in heaven and have our eyes opened. But the danger, as we saw in Balaam, which wasn't part of our lesson, but it is in this sense, that he closed his eyes to what the Lord opened him. Our Father, we're thankful this morning for this wonderful lesson that we learned from Elisha and his servant. We pray that for each one of us here, each soul precious to you. We, we confess, Lord, we live in a society that we, oftentimes we just feel like a number. We feel insignificant, unnoticed. But we thank you that each soul in the world, seven billion, are precious to you. Even the ones that we think are diametrically opposed and are in darkness and refuse. They're, they're, they're uh, willfully ignorant. We recognize, Lord, each one is important. But we just pray <clears throat> that your spirit will continue to work, not only in our audience here today, but throughout the world, that, that eyes will be opened. Spiritual enlightenment will take place. We will see things differently than we ever have before. And how? Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Bless thy word to our hearts, we pray in the name of the Lord Jesus. Amen. Amen.